welcome to the very first Every Brain Matters podcast. I'm your host, Aubrey Adams, and director of Every Brain Matters, a community of support, advocacy, and science. I'm a former Colorado mom who sought refuge in Texas due to the harms marijuana caused my family and my community. We ask you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a good review as we share valuable, important information. Many people today have been told that cannabis or marijuana is healthy for them, and in some cases, use it medically. But recent data from emergency rooms across the country have shown that even casual use can have a negative effect. And there are side effects that can be dangerous to your health and even deadly. Today's podcast is about CHS, cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. CHS is a serious illness that is not well known, but everyone should be highly concerned about because it's one of the leading illnesses related to marijuana. This is part one of our series where we take a look at CHS with medical experts and people who have been directly affected. Cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, or CHS, symptoms are cyclic or reoccurring vomiting, often with screaming or what is called scrometing, severe abdominal and body pains, and people tend to take hot showers or baths to relieve their symptoms. Sometimes they end up with skull burns, just trying to find relief. Experts say CHS is a toxicity of the body from consuming marijuana and can result in complications, including kidney failure, electrolyte problems, dehydration, and even death. Now I would like to introduce you to a well-known ER physician who has experience and knowledge with the harmful side effects of marijuana use. Welcome, Dr. Ronette Lev. Dr. Lev, welcome. What is CHS and is it as rare as many people believe it to be? So CHS is cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. It's a, a mouth load to say. It's not a rare disease. It's very common. I probably make that diagnosis once a shift. Um, you know, preparing for this uh, podcast, I looked up and found a study um, out of one of the oldest emergency departments in the United States. They surveyed uh, cannabis users those who smoked more than 20 times a month, so chronic users, and they found amongst that population, 32.9% had some degree of cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. And that translated throughout the United States would be about 2.75 million Americans who had some type of symptomatology of CHS, cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. So not a rare disease. Is there a test for CHS or how do you diagnose it? There's no test. It's not like you get a, a blood test or a urine test and say you have this disease or a certain x-ray. It's a diagnosis of exclusion. So you have to see the whole picture uh, together of having symptoms of vomiting, um, retching, uh, abdominal pain, 
in a person who uses marijuana chronically. It does not happen to the casual user. It's for people who have been using for a long time, usually years. Okay. Do you believe CHS is caused from a buildup of THC or CBD since cannabinoids are fat soluble? Are they metabolized quickly? The, the cause of cannabis hyperemesis syndrome is a um, screwing up of your cannabinoid receptor system. So we have in our bodies as normal, healthy people who don't use uh, cannabinoids have a cannabinoid system with of receptors. Um, and uh, marijuana or THS um, bombards those receptors to such a high level that when it's used chronically, that whole receptor um, drug system is messed up and acts in a way that's uh, aberrant and causes um, reactions that are opposite um, and different than what is expected in a normal, healthy, functioning body. That's a great explanation. Where did the word scrometing come from? And can you describe what that means? Well, thank you for asking because scrometing is my favorite word and it makes cannabis hyperemesis syndrome my favorite diagnosis. Uh, back early in the opioid epidemic, we were seeing patients coming to the emergency department with terrible abdominal pain and they were begging for relief. They were begging for opioids. And we realized these are people who are addicted to marijuana. And I had to say, you know, time out. We cannot be creating patients addicted to opioids from people who are addicted to marijuana. That just doesn't make sense. Um, so we got uh, smart people together, toxicologists and our public health department, and created a consensus guideline for our community. And we published it uh, nationally on how to treat cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. And we did a press conference because we were very proud of our work and we wanted to let the public know, both medical community and the lay community, know about um, diagnosis and treatment of cannabis hyperemesis syndrome without opioids, without creating a new addiction. And nobody came to our press conference. We were really disappointed. And uh, there was one lady in, in the you know, sitting in a chair taking notes, and it made me go off script. So although I had like a written uh, talking points, uh, instead, I just kind of said, stood on the podium and said, um, the hallmark sign of cannabis hyperemesis syndrome is scrometing. And Wendy Fry, the reporter said, what's scrometing? And I said, it was screaming and vomiting. And that went to press. And the next day, I realized what going viral is. Um, and it's, the best thing I say in my medical career, because it really created a difference in how my patients react. So if I tell someone they have cannabis hyperemesis syndrome, they can't pronounce it. They don't know what it means. They didn't hear about it. But if I say, dude, you're scrometing, they could look it up. They'll find it uh, you know, on Google and they'll realize, hey, I guess, I guess I am. I'm, I'm screaming and vomiting and this is, you know, a terrible symptom. And they'll more likely to listen to me as a doctor than, um, than when I said cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. It's, it, it's amazing how different a word can make. We were told marijuana decreases pain, but we've heard testimonies where people suffering from CHS have severe abdominal pain. 
Is that true? And how do you treat the pain? Over the place, um, the retching. Um, and so it definitely does cause pain. Now, on the other hand, the majority of people who use what I say, quote, medical marijuana, um, because I, I that's a whole nother topic, but I think the word medical has been hijacked by the medical community because I prescribe medicines and, and give treatment as a doctor and marijuana doesn't follow any of the same um, principles of, of treating treatment as a doctor. Um, but most people who use medical marijuana use it for pain. Now, does marijuana really alleviate pain? Um, and I would say overall in a public health way, the answer to that is no. And I give a lecture of five reasons not to use marijuana for pain. Um, number one, the lack of science in that it helps pain relief or that it helps substitute from opiates. Number two, it actually has found to increase um, opioid use. People who have chronic pain and use opioids and marijuana have an increased need of opioids, not less. Number three, there's addiction of marijuana. In seven to 50% of people who use marijuana on a regular basis get addicted. Number four, there is withdrawal to opioids in even up to 90% of people who use it chronically. And number five, and the most important, anytime you recommend any medicine, it doesn't matter what medicine or treatment, you have to make a risk-benefit calculation and take the whole uh, picture of that individual, what medicines they're already on, what conditions they're already on, what allergies they have um, before you make any type of medical uh, recommendation. So five reasons not to use marijuana for pain. Have people died from CHS? Um, tragically, yes. And you can uh, look at a headline. One is called, He Loved Weed. Then the vomiting began. Months later, he died. And that's from an article, September 2019, Brian Smith Jr., who was only 17 years old, and he died from cannabis hyperemesis syndrome in Indiana. Um, if you keep throwing up and throwing up, then you lose electrolytes and you can die from that. Um, there is uh, publications uh, in the Journal of Forensic Science of three different people who died. You know, These are young people, 27 years old, 20. 31 years old who died from cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. Back in 2016, 41-year-old gentleman with a 20-year history of frequent marijuana use was found dead in his home. A 48-year-old man was found in the bathtub, um, all with history of intractable vomiting and autopsy showed loss of salt related to frequent vomiting and necrosis of the esophagus from vomiting from cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. Unfortunately, this is so common now that it won't get to the medical journals because we already have only new things get published in the medical journal. Things that already everyday um, occurrences uh, don't get such attention. Um, and um, yeah, you know, anything, um, there's a fine line of anything being therapeutic and helpful, a medicine versus a poison, right? I mean, you take any aspirin or anything you buy over the counter, you know, there could be a, a little bit and the right amount that could be helpful. And if you take too much, you could overdose and you could even die. You could even die from too much water. So there's a fine line uh, between anything being helpful and being deadly. Good point. Is CHS a type of overdosing on marijuana? And if so, could these deaths be considered an overdose death? I would not call it an overdose. Um, it's more of a, a poisoning, a, a, an adverse reaction.
Um, so it is a, a death caused by the drug, um, but not an overdose death. Think about um, people who may die from cocaine or amphetamine from cardiomyopathy or a cardiac death. They didn't overdose from the drug. It's years of abuse of the drug that damaged their heart that made them die. So in cannabis hyperemesis syndrome, it's you know years of using marijuana that caused this gastrointestinal disease that led to a death. Not an overdose of the drug, like I took too many opioids and now you're not breathing anymore, um, but it is a, a, a cause of death and um, a poisoning of marijuana. That's a good point. Some people are wanting to find a cure for CHS so they can continue to use marijuana. Do you think that will happen? Well, there is a cure for CHS. It's not using it anymore. Um, um, it's mostly by smoked products. So maybe people who switch to edibles, you know, may, may have less of the symptoms. Although we have documented cases of cannabis hyperemesis syndrome from uh, edibles, not just by smoke, but it's mostly people who smoke. Um, there, yeah, there is a cure. It's as simple as not using anymore and, you know, understanding that you have uh, an addiction and, and dealing with withdrawals and understanding that if you if you've been using marijuana as frequently as people do who get this syndrome, you'll, they'll have withdrawal. And the withdrawal is anxiety symptoms and loss of appetite and trouble with sleep and all things that they think, oh, I need to use more marijuana for. If they understand that, then I have a better chance of relating to my patients. What is being done to spread awareness of CHS in the medical community? Um, uh, I think the medical community it's certainly in the emergency department are very familiar with this diagnosis. Like I said, it's very common, um, especially in an inner city. Our hospitalist service are very familiar. Our gastroenterologists are becoming more familiar with it. Um, you know, and, you know, the more cases that we're seeing this time goes by, it becomes more familiar. The, the problem is um, both on the physician side and then on the patient side, the patient may not want to admit that, or even recognize or realize that they really have an addiction. Most people who use marijuana don't believe that they're addicted to it. Even if they're in the emergency department for 11 times, they'll say, oh, no, no, I can quit every time. They they, they don't realize that what addiction is. They, they feel addiction is like addicting addiction to heroin, like um, I'm, you know, yawning, I'm, I'm in pain, I'm um, vomiting, diarrhea, those kind of symptoms that people have for addiction to heroin or addiction to alcohol where you, you are shaking and, and tremorous or even have a seizure. Addiction and withdrawal from marijuana is, is different. So most people don't believe that they have the problem. Um, so they, they don't even bring it up. They come in, they say they're having abdominal pain and vomiting, and it makes the diagnosis, the detective work of what's going on, make it harder. And also physicians don't want to say, oh, well, this is just marijuana and blow it off. You know, we want to make sure that there's nothing more serious going on. And people do die of, like we mentioned, of cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. So it, it, um, the problem is, and the reason we wrote the protocol that we did is we want patients to get less procedures, invasive procedures, and um, when it's not necessary, and the excess radiation when it's not necessary. So I think, you know, there is awareness in the medical community. Um, I would say, you know, to, for patients to be, not have 
the stigma of having the diagnosis. What are some of the other things about CHS that people should know? Well, first of all, my heart definitely goes out to uh, patients and families who are addicted. It is really heart-wrenching, and you're right. It's not just one person who's suffering. It's it's the whole family that does. Um, and uh, marijuana can be just as destruct- destructive as, as other drugs. I give them a copy of their CAT scan and the results because he's 18 years old, 20 years old. You only have so many radiation that you could handle in your body over a lifetime before you are become before it becomes a cancer risk. So I let them know their diagnosis because chances are it'll happen again and they don't want to get repeat CAT scan after CAT scan. Instead, let the doctors know that they've already had a CAT scan, they have a diagnosis, um, and that way they don't need the excess radiation. There's even people who've had surgery who, you know, they keep coming and they say, oh, I don't know what's going on. And they'll have their appendix out or their gallbladder out. And that's not what they need. The pro- they, you know, that was a misdiagnosis. Please tell us more about your podcast and where we can find more information on CHS. The best uh, one-stop shopping resource is our Isaac website. Isaac is a new organization that we started. It stands for the International Academy and the Science and Impact of Cannabis, Isaac. And the website is isaacone.org, I-A-S-I-C-1.org. And in there, there is a medical library, and you could find out all sorts of current literature translated into layman talking points about marijuana. And there is information on cannabis hyperemesis syndrome, and there's like 30 different uh, other uh, things that are associated with marijuana. For example, cancer, statistical cancer is twofold higher in marijuana users, or cardiac health, or pulmonary health, or autism. Um, There's a a lot of information on that, the medical library of our Isaac website. So I'd refer you uh, to that. Sounds like we're going to have you back again because you just uh, (laughs) have a wealth of information. And then can you tell our viewers too about your podcast? Yes. Thank you so much for asking. I do have a podcast. It's called High Truths on Drugs and Addiction. It comes out every Monday. I have various speakers. We have an episode on cannabis hyperemesis syndrome with a toxicologist, Dr. Jeff LaPont. And uh, he really educated me about the, the pathophysiology of the syndrome. And we talk about various um, uh, aspects of addiction from prevention and, and treatment and policy and from here from patients. Um, so yeah, hightruths.com. And we will put the links of High Truths and Isaac in the in the description so people can link to your resources. Um, and I just really want to thank you for giving us this valuable information um, and that it could be marijuana causing your vomiting. So thank you very much, Dr. Lee. And thank you, Audrey, for all that you're doing and every brain definitely matters. And I really appreciate your your advocacy and being a source to, to patients and and, and people with addiction and families. And, and I do what I do because of people like you. So thank you. Thank you, Dr. Love, for your work and expertise on the subject. This serious illness is not so mysterious anymore. We hope CHS is understood more by the medical community and with the general public. Please subscribe to our podcast for part two, when we speak to Dr. Brad Roberts about his ER experiences in Colorado. And remember, pot can cost you more than money. It can cost you your health.
Thank you.